Welcome to Stay Engaged. Everything you know and love about the IAB's flagship conference, Engage, but reimagined for these extraordinary times. It's Engage, but offstage. In today's offstage session, things are getting personal. Creating and interpreting sound has given humans a distinct evolutionary advantage. Our ability to subconsciously filter information to get attention was refined well before the battle for attention in the modern digital world. Here, Sam Crowther from A Million Ads explores how our evolutionary legacy can be harnessed to help brands communicate instinctively and personally. Over to Sam from his home. Alexa, stop. Hi, welcome to Gary Owen. That's not my name. I'm Sam, uh, but it is the name of my house here in the little market town of Devizes in Wiltshire. And no, I didn't name it. We just bought it like that. Of course, uh, we're all in lockdown, hence this being uh, an IAB Engage podcast. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for joining us. And I'm going to be taking you through the power of personalization. Um, I'm just making a quick cup of tea first. Seems like the sort of natural thing to do when you're inviting people around the house. And just so we don't get disturbed by either kids or Frank, my dog, who looks like he wants a walk, which I'll give him in a minute. Uh, let's go down to my garden office. Oops. Go outside. <sighs> the Corona commute. It's like easier than a wet commute on a motorbike up to London. Uh, at least the garden's getting a bit of a water. Potatoes are going to enjoy this rain. Right. Okay, so for the next 20 minutes or so, I'm just going to tell you the story of sound and why sound and personalization particularly are so perfect together. And to start that, I've got to explain why I'm so obsessed with sound. And it goes right back to when I first started at primary school. I was very slow at reading and writing and my primary school teacher discovered that I'm completely deaf in my right ear, I'm monooral. I possibly had mumps as a baby that wasn't diagnosed. And yet my dad's a GP and he hadn't picked up A, that I possibly had mumps or B, that I was deaf when I started school. But he read this theory that the two hemispheres of the human brain have a bias towards factual or emotional information and my brain was readjusting. And he read that a musical education would really help. So I went to a musical school and this is a recording of me singing in the Tewkesbury Abbey Choir, which I did every night of the week for Evensong, but it was recorded because it went out on the world service that the producer told us was being listened to by possibly 500 million people, which blew my little mind. But music education really helped my reading and writing and I've been obsessed with the workings of the brain ever since. The first sound everyone on this podcast would have been aware of is their mother's heartbeat. That's 90 decibels for six months in the womb. Then we come out into the world and sound tells us about our environment, like birds relax humans wherever we are in the world because birds don't sing when a predator's close. If you go looking for a leopard or a wolf or something, then you might be very difficult things to see, but birds will always tell you if they're hiding it in long grass because they either go don't sing or they go into an alarm call state, which is repeating the same sound over and over again, which is then why modern-day smoke alarms and things like that repeat the same sound over and over again. We also have this ability to make sound. But to understand the birth of language, you need to look at distant cousins of ours. These are vervet monkey calls in East Africa. They have three natural predators. The first call is an eagle alarm call. They all go running into the densest bushes on the ground so an eagle can't land on them. The second call is a leopard alarm call and the whole troop will go running up into the highest branches because leopards can't follow them into the smallest branches. 
And the third one is the snake or the python alarm call. And they all stand up on their hind legs and they look down into the grass. So these are specific sounds eliciting a specific response. If they get them wrong, they die. 80% of children, though, do not wake up to modern day smoke alarms. We've been normalised to the repetition of same sound. Wake up, the house is on fire. Dundee University are currently running a study where they've introduced the mother's voice into the smoke alarm and all the children in that study are waking up. Language is absolutely fascinating, though, as we learn it as children. Hello? Hello, Mummy. Hello? I mean, what the hell does <laughs> mean? You know instinctively what it is. That's the sound of a smile. That's the sound a daughter will make when she hears a mother's voice at the end of the phone. It's not a word. It's a sound. This is something called linguistics, how we express our emotions in the way that we say things. Most crucial part of language in some ways. And there's an expert in this area, a woman called Diana Deutsch, who's head of psychology at the University of California in San Diego. And she recorded the podcast. This one was for Radiolab. The sounds as they appear to you are not only different from those that are really present, but they sometimes behave so strangely, sometimes behave so strangely, sometimes behave... So she put so this kind of clip on loop, because when you're recording so things, you put things on loop to listen to some pops and so things. Strangely. But then she goes to make a cup of tea, leaves the studio door open, and colleagues are coming up to Diana and going, Diana, what's this beautiful music that you're editing? And she's like, hold on, it's not. It's just me talking. But the way that she looped it is true of all of our voices. This is sometimes behave so strangely. You still hear the words, but the, they're sung words rather than spoken words. The sounds as they appear to you are not only different from those that are really present, but they sometimes behave so strangely as to seem quite impossible. If that's the first time you've ever heard that phrase, the first time it's spoken, once the musical notes are pointed out, it sounds like this mad woman bursting into song for no apparent reason. But the fact is, the more emotional we become, the more we will vary volume, intonation and rhythm. We sing to one another. You don't need to have studied music to know, I have a dream today. And the hold on that note is a, a musical hook. So if you brain scan anyone while they're listening or making sound, the part of the brain that lights up in a scanner is closely linked to memory. After smell, it is the most closely linked to emotional memory. And humans have learnt this or understood this for hundreds of thousands of years. This is an ancient Aboriginal song line. The Aborigines in Australia have dozens of these musical chants and they describe geographical features in the outback in a dead straight lines. And each of them describe how to find water because the outback's a desert environment, but it's got natural water springs all across it. But you needed a way of passing that information effectively within their culture and mapping it out and they found that it became much more memorable the more music it has and that's why music is in every single culture of the world and why we love it music is an extraordinary extension of human language being able to express and affect our emotions in a way it's not what you say, it's the way that you say it. Or as Morgan Freeman beautifully puts it from my favourite quote about music. I tell you those voices soared, higher and farther than anybody in a great place dares to dream. It was like some beautiful bird flapped into our drab little cage and made those walls dissolve away. And for the briefest of moments, Every last man at Shawshank felt free. Isn't that a beautiful description of music? But you just think how important music is in all of our lives. You know, 
these things get lodged deep in our emotional memories, whether it's deliberate or accidental. I mean, deliberately, it could be the first dance at a wedding or the use of music at funerals, these really key emotional times of our lives. Or it could be accidental, it could have just been the track that you were listening to when you met your partner. These have really deep emotional connections. For me, I started paying attention after Freddie Mercury's performance at Live Aid. I was about 11 years old. And as a teenager, that's when you're learning what it means to be an emotional adult. And that same year, 1985, was the first time I ever went to Anfield. I'm a big Liverpool fan. But you hear a whole stadium singing the same song. It's a very powerful experience, whoever you support. And as a chorister, I understood this, because if you've sung together in a choir, you'll understand. You have to coordinate your breathing points. If you coordinate your breathing points, all your heart rates become synced. If all your heart rates become synced, you have this incredible sense of community and togetherness. It increases dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, endorphins, all the happy hormones. It basically mainlines happiness to us, which is why football fans sing. It's why soldiers sing going into battle. It can suppress pain, and it's why it's been used as a form of a sort of physical conditioning within all religious ceremonies for thousands of years. All right! Now, the next part I'm going to talk about is about human attention. And there's two parts to attention, isn't there? There's the stuff that you don't pay attention to and the stuff that you do pay attention to. And I'm going to start with the stuff that you don't pay attention to because sound is particularly good at appealing to our subconscious. So wherever you go in the world, you might not know the language of any advertising, but you will always know if it's a McDonald's ad. Simply from the melody, simply from that sort of sonic branding, that hook. And they've done it with all different genres of music, They've done it with children. They've done it with promotions. They've done it with promotions at breakfast with the sound effect of yawns. In fact, all sorts of different sound effects. Also true of character voices that can have an effect called visual transfer. When you hear the sound associated with something that obviously has a visual presence, then you can't help but see it in your mind's eye. Don't be like Sergei, slaving Monday to Friday, then so frazzled by weekend, you know, cook Sunday lunch. You need me, Alexander, to save the day. And let me explain that process. So there's a guy called Professor Adrian North. He was at Leicester University Centre of Psychology when he did this study with wine. He did a display of wine in a supermarket and half the display was French wine and half of it was German wine. And for a week he had a tape player playing behind the display, playing French music. The French wine outsold the German wine by five bottles to one. The next week, the only thing he changed was the tape on the tape player. Started playing German or Bavarian umpapa music. The German wine then outsold the French wine by three bottles to one. And everyone that went through that checkout was asked a very simple question. Was your purchase of this bottle of wine affected by the music? And I think something only like two or three people out of almost 300 even noticed there was music playing. So what the hell's going on? We now know the human brain processes up to 40 million bits of information every single second, which is an astonishing amount, but we only consciously process about one millionth of that. So 40 bits of information telling us what we're hearing, what we're seeing, what we're touching, what we're smelling. The brain is brilliant at filling in detail that actually isn't there. 
We only actually see HD-wise about the size of your thumb if you hold it fully away from your, your face. The brain fills in detail that isn't actually there. It also has a huge effect on something called classical conditioning, where animals can condition themselves in their environment so they don't have to engage their conscious brain for fight or flight. Proved its most basic form by Ivan Pavlov. Now, you've heard of Pavlov's dogs. So when he fed his dogs, he rang a bell, he conditioned the dogs to the sound of the bell and the arrival of food to a point where he could ring the bell and not put down food, and the dogs salivated because they're expecting food. But unless you've studied psychology, you won't realise that when he invited other people around to his, um, to his house to endorse his paper, the dogs didn't react. So he had to write a whole other paper called The Orienting Response. When new and significant stimuli comes into an environment, it can override conditioned responses. And that brings me on to the second area of attention, and that is the stuff that you do pay attention to. Now imagine someone's put Buena Vista Social Club, beautiful Cuban music on a streaming service, either at home or in the office or whatever, but it's hot and someone's gone and opened the window. So you can hear the sound effects, the phone ringing, people talking, street sound effects, and you can still listen to what I'm saying over the top. But to get any detail, you have to listen. So I use two words, hearing describing a passive part of that process and listening describing the active part of that process. So what is it that means that we pay attention to something or listen actively? Well, the three main drivers. The first is things that are personally relevant to you. The ultimate being your own name. So imagine you're at a cocktail party and someone mentions your name. Your attention gets drawn to it, even though you weren't paying attention to it originally. Showing that filtering process. When the sound cuts out in a sound presentation, when things are unexpected or a threat to us, like a big bang on the street, you have to look around and see, is it a gunshot or is it just a motorbike riding on? And the third thing that drives attention... It's the Travel Now on Absolute Radio with Dave Grohl. In London, queuing traffic on A4 eastbound at Hammersmith... Is contextual relevance. So this is slightly different from personal relevance, which is the long-term things, the music that you love, the football team you support, where you come from, your name. Contextual relevance changes almost every single moment of every day. Um, so if you're going on the A4 eastbound, you said, did they just say there are problems on it? It's like the ice cream van effect. So an ice cream van drives around on a nice hot sunny day at a relevant time in a relevant place with relevant music that grabs your attention and makes you go and spend money. The advertising process working almost seamlessly, sort of perfectly as it were. So that's what we're about, dynamic creative and personalization. We can take these kind of main pillars of social psychology and apply them at scale there are three main parts to the sort of creative toolbox in terms of the data that you can use. Firstly, there's the stuff that we can deliver to every single campaign. So we always know the day, the time, the date of when we're serving an ad. So we can change things very clearly around that. Then we know about location from the IP address. And because we know location, then we also can look up weather and we can look at weather conditions, whether it's raining, whether it's snowing, whether it's sunny. We can look at temperature. Uh, we can also look at forecasting. Is it going to be sunny this weekend? We, look, we can look at pollen counts and humidity factors as well. Then we also know that who we've served an impression to before. So we can do things in sequence. We can tell stories in sequence. Then we know the device that's being listened to. Is it a mobile phone? Is it a computer? Which is the operating system? How old is that model of phone, for instance? And then we also know the environment. So the playlist that's being listened to, the radio station, what genre is it? And we can change the creative depending on that. The second bucket is the publisher sort of stuff and DSPs, DMPs might have things like name or the gender or age, you know, much more uh, detailed information about audience segments. We can potentially know about the behavior of somebody within a logged in environment. So the types of music that they're streaming at certain times of day and that could be reflected in the creative and also things like language. And so understanding if someone is in a, in a different country and needs a different language. 
And then finally, the bespoke data. So things like advertiser overlays or APIs, things like live betting odds or dynamic ticket prices. And so the world's first dynamic digital audio campaign was uh, for the National Lottery. And it was quite a simple campaign, really, in many ways. It took location from IP address, told people in terms of the, the good causes that they'd supported and thanked them for that in their city location or their region or then nationally. And then it rotated in sequence where that money had been spent on the good causes. Thank you for making an incredible difference. By playing the National Lottery, you've supported over 41,000 local projects here in the southeast. You've supported over 2,500 amazing local projects here in Nottingham. 28,000, 3,500 and 61,000 amazing local projects here in Scotland, here in the East Midlands, here in Newcastle. So to every one of you, we'd like to say... Thank you. And then if you know location, then you know weather. Brands like Halfords, for instance, have different products for different weather conditions. Freezing Friday afternoons like this. Wiper blades on such a wet Wednesday afternoon as this. Squeaky, streaky. Somewhere like B&Q, whether you're outdoors, doing things outdoors in the garden or indoors because it's raining. The sun's out, shouldn't you be too? It's perfect for some Easter flower power. At B&Q, do it for less with 20% off all outdoor plants. Better hurry, though. And then creatively, you can do some really interesting things. This is the world's first dynamic song, which is all about weather and zip fire lighters. Outside, it's five degrees. The kids are going to freeze. They've gone off to school without their coats. Again. They'll be soaked through to the bone, jumping puddles to get home. If the house is cold, you know they're going to moan. And not just songs, like the world's first dynamic poem for Yorkshire Tea. Morning. Poet Ian McMillan here. Yorkshire Tea have asked me to kickstart your day. So here it is, my ode to breakfast time. The Sunday glow like a work of art. McDonald's have actually done more recently a, a poem with different products at different times of day. Fillet of fish from a dish. Strawberry shakes and midday breaks. Big Mac down a cul-de-sac and even under a drying rack. Veggie deluxe and power cuts. Medium fries and sunny skies. Or maybe cheeseburgers in the bath. How daft. Wraps through cat flaps, nugs on rugs, or perhaps a chicken legend to the river. Because now we deliver. Visit ubereats.com and enjoy McDonald's breakfast at home. McDelivery. And the compare the market that we heard a bit earlier, the visual sort of transfer of the meerkats. With meerkat meals, you can get two for one at all kinds of restaurants in London, in Cheltenham, in Peterborough, in Liverpool, like pretzel. Arrabbiata, bellissimo. Pizza Hut? Uh, pizza? Very easy to do countdowns and count-ups. There's a countdown for Christmas from Coca-Cola. There are only ten days until Christmas. There are only three days until Christmas. There's only one day until Christmas. What are you doing to get ready? And a brand that we've worked with right from the start has been Deliveroo. And they wanted to split the week out. They wanted to talk about occasions when you might not normally think about getting Deliveroo. Breakfast. The most important meal of the day, right? You could do what you always do and grab something, anything. Or how about this? Deliveroo. Or deliveries to offices. A box of crowd-pleasing cookies. Or maybe a cheeky pot of ice cream or two. And then contextual relevance. With Wimbledon on the telly, summer has most definitely arrived. But thrilling tie breaks don't fit with trips to the shop. And then we had the World Cup. Your friends are coming over for the match tonight, but you haven't had time to get any food in. And rotate all the different food types. Bibimbap and fried chicken from that Korean place you love. So each ad just sounds different each time. But then at the weekend, we're all driven by weather. The sun's out and you want to get to the park. But what about food? You could do what you always do and grab something, anything. Or how about this? Deliveroo. 
you're thinking, what, Deliveroo for a picnic? Just imagine it. All your favorite salads, sandwiches and sushi delivered right to the park. Sounds good, right? Deliveroo. But for me, one of the most exciting areas is your behavior online and reflecting that in what you hear now. So imagine you've been searching for a bike on eBay. Sunday evening. Shopping online. Beige. Come on, let's get your bike search into top gear. Bike like nobody else. Shop like nobody else. Because you aren't like anybody else. Check back in with eBay. We have over 40,000 bikes listed. So if the one you're thinking about right now isn't quite right, we've probably got one that is. eBay. Open the app to fill your cart with colour. And so we have built all of the technology that's delivering all these ads that you're hearing. We call it studio, we give access to production houses, creative agencies, clients, anyone who wants access. And they can go in and they can create millions of ads very, very easily. So everything's based on a script, like a radio script, but then they're slightly longer because you've got lines that change uh, by like the time of day or the location or what have you. And then all we need is then the assets to be recorded for all of the different data points. I can pick up everything on their wish list on my lunch break. So everything's built on a script, but then actually you can load in the assets and our system will then listen to everyone, transcribe it and then match it to the script. So it takes away a lot of that sort of manual part of the process and you can sync up and do recording sessions very, very quickly. I don't think we've never had a, a voiceover on mic more than a couple of hours. My husband's a keen baker, so I know he'll love a Von Chef Red Mixer. And they can really rattle through large lists of locations or cities or products very, very simply. Make Christmas simple with click and collect from 39 locations in Bristol. But then every single ad that then gets delivered out the other end through one single vast tag sounds like it was crafted like every radio ad. If you make sure that the edit points are all on natural breathing points, then there's no reason why everything shouldn't sound absolutely perfect. And that's what we that's what we always check and we consider. And we've built things like configurable players, which mean that sign-offs are much more simple for clients and legal departments and what have you. Hi, I'm Christina, and I'm in full Christmas shopping mode. My husband's a tech head, so I know he'll love the latest Bang & Olufsen headphones. And the kids really want a Lego roller coaster. I'm so busy this time of year, but with Click and Collect on eBay, I can pick up everything on their wish list after I drop off the kids. <laughs> All right, mittens on, let's go. Make Christmas simple with Click and Collect from 14 locations in Aberdeen. If it's happening on their wish list, it's happening on eBay. So we feed into all of the trade desks so we can get inventory from anywhere in the world. Increasingly, some of the briefs have included multi-market, but the first one we ever did was for Adidas and the Ultra Boost Parley. We wrote the script originally in English, and then they asked us, you know, could we get a German and Italian versions done? And as long as we can get hold of the voiceovers and we change the language and get the translation done, then it's pretty simple because you've already got a script template that we can copy. Run. Run for every chorus on your morning playlist. Lauf. Laufe jedes Wort auf deiner morgendlichen Playlist. Corri. Corri per ogni parola della tua playlist del pomeriggio. Per ogni bus a Firenze. Für jede Schwebebahn in Wuppertal. For every London bus. Run for every kilometer, every drop of our oceans. For the Adidas Ultra Boost Parley with its primate upper. Made from upcycled plastic waste. Intercepted from our beaches. Not only redefining how we run. But why we run? Another of the data points that I think we're seeing increasingly is sequence and telling stories in sequence. This is something that nice that we did with Toyota, which has been repeated over a couple of years, and it's all based around a zombie apocalypse. Okay, this is a live message from the Survivalist Network. 
There are reports of an impending zombie apocalypse reaching London. There are reports of an impending zombie apocalypse reaching Barnsley. It's been four days since the zombies appeared. It's been seven days since the zombies appeared. I haven't slept since Saturday. I haven't slept since Wednesday. My zombie neighbour just tried to bite my arm off. Luckily, he couldn't get his infected fingers past the high tensile steel of my Toyota Hilux Invincible. That £296 per month plus initial rental is feeling like excellent value now. Get to a Toyota Hilux Invincible. You'll be fine. Hilux Invincible available. Everything that we've shown you with audio, we can actually also apply the video edits to as well. So if as long as you've got video assets, we can change them by the same data sets that we've just discussed here with audio. And then having that audio personalization on top is something really significant. So yeah, do we think this is the future? Absolutely, because it's in our past. I mean, we don't talk about data. We talk about relationship building. We discuss the weather with people. We talk about the football team that we support. We talk about the music that we love. We kind of identify ourselves within those sort of tribes. You know, the music that we used to listen to uh, as students or when we grew up as kids still is replicated in what in the radio stations we choose to listen to, in the playlists that we choose to listen to. This is all reflected in the sort of inventory that you can talk to someone like me uh, with, like all of us with. Now I know that I ride a motorbike. I'm partial to sort of 90s indie or a bit of history because of my MCN and Absolute Radio accounts. Spotify, no, when I can go for a run. But then I suppose Acast are doing quite well with that now. I've switched to listening to podcasts. But they also know that I'm a footy fan, um, thanks to listening to the Football Ramble. But then they know specifically that I'm a Liverpool fan because of listening to the Anfield rap. So just to finish off as a summary, it's a story that is about you and me. It's not just you and me, it's about everybody. It's about what makes us human. Because you see, making sense of the world is hard. There's so much, too much information to take in. So we've learnt this neat trick. We've learnt to filter everything and prioritise what's important, subconsciously selecting what deserves our precious conscious attention or not. You see, birdsong relaxes us because birds don't sing or they go into alarm call state when a predator's close. It's a legacy of our evolution. Subconscious conditioning also means you're more likely to buy French wine over German wine when French music is playing, and vice versa. Brands understand the emotional connections they establish create these shortcuts in decision-making. However, in a busy, noisy modern world where everyone is trying to grab your attention, it's best to communicate in a way that the brain has already evolved to prioritise it, personally. A personal connection to the world is what makes me, Sam, and you, you. We instinctively use relevant emotional information in every conversation we've ever had. It's storytelling. But I did promise you a quick story, so I'll get to the point. We deliver dynamic creative and personalization for digital audio and digital video. We take information about who you are, where you are, when it is, what you're doing, what you're listening to, interested in, the device you're using, what the weather's like, data from almost anywhere to create and deliver a more relevant personal message that has greater standard, higher recall, and better engagement. We help brands communicate the way that humans do instinctively. Hopefully talking in a way that makes people feel like they're one in a million, not just one of a million. Thank you very much for listening. Oh, good, the sun's out now. That's a bit better, isn't it? Alexa, continue. Are you finished yet? Yeah, no one listens to an end of a podcast anyway. <laughs>
You're listening to Stay Engaged from IAB UK. Thank you for tuning in to this offstage audio session. If you've enjoyed this session, please share it and tag at IAB UK on Twitter or Instagram. Subscribe wherever you're listening to hear the rest of the Stay Engaged sessions and for the regular IAB UK podcast. In tomorrow's session, we're making trouble. What does it take to be a successful troublemaker? How do you become a firestarter without starting actual fires? How do you build a career on being contrary and lead your team to challenge consensus? Find out all with Microsoft Advertising, coming up as part of Stay Engaged.